Hi guys, welcome to Geeks of the Week. We have a pretty much, we have no guests. It's just us. It's just me and Stoobsy just t- chatting, talking. We're going to be talking about some movie news today. Uh, a lot of stuff actually happened this week. A lot of stuff that's been coming out. But the first thing that I think we should talk about, because Stoobs just informed me that she wasn't really a Powerpuff Girl or Powerpuff right. Girl fan. Yeah. Why? I, why? Um, so I'm trying to figure out the, the year that it came out. Uh, because I felt like maybe I was too old for it by the time it came out, but then I was thinking, mm-hmm. eh, I mean, I don't know, because the original release was 1980, 1998, so I, I mean, I, no I, was excuse. Ten, I was 10, yeah, that's like, that's like a, that's the right age, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know, I feel like, you know what it probably is, is my family moved overseas when I was 11, so Got it. I was homeschooled that year, I had a brief stint of being homeschooled. Um, okay. for, for okay. those of you who don't know that fun little tidbit about me, <laughs> it was about, I was homeschooled for like three years. Um, and then we moved to Germany. So I probably like, I was also already really obsessed, uh, with specific media. So mm-hmm. I was probably like too busy to get into a new if show. If you weren't into it, you weren't into it. It, it. it just didn't, if it didn't slide across your 10 year old desk, then you were just kind of like, eh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. And then well, by the time, yeah, but like oh, going overseas, they didn't have, it wasn't airing in, in Germany at the time. Well, so. well, I was going to say, you can't use your age as an excuse. You're only a couple years older than me, Stoopsy. So I'm, I'm like, you're, but you're, I mean, you're, you're, you can't be one of those girls that's like <laughs> two grades above me in high school and goes, I'm too old for you. <laughs> no, like, you can't but, do that. <laughs> but it is funny because it can't, like, especially when you're young, like it can make, it can make a big difference. Like, uh, yeah, it can. it can, it can be the, the difference in like, like whether like it's like the high school musical thing because like yeah. I was I was I was actually like too old to get into it at that point mm-hmm. even though it was just like I was I maybe you know I feel like a couple years younger and I could have been on the cusp but yeah no I couldn't well I was thinking about it the other day I feel like I think that we're the ages where like I would have been a senior when you were a freshman like I think that oh, and that's on. crazy to think about but I think that that's actually <laughs> where we're at I think so because I graduated high school in 2007. Oh man see then you know what this makes me realize it's like we would have been super close friends in high school and then I would have had to have watched you leave like a year <laughs> later that fucking sucks. <laughs> it would have been horrible it really would have. <laughs> I've had, I've had like, older the... friends before, but none of them were, like, like senior, like, no, none of the seniors were my close friends. Not even my, like, my friends' friends. They were, like, acquaintances. Like, yeah. even my, even my basketball teammates were acquaintances. And, like, I had friends who were, like, you know, juniors and sophomores, but I always had another year with them. And it was like, oh, yeah, like, next year, next year. You would have left me <laughs> after, <laughs> afterwards. Well, and it's God. funny, too, because I always went to really small schools. So I did, when I was a senior, I did have friends who were freshmen. Like, there were just, you, you got along with who you got along with. and mm-hmm. uh, But, yeah, it did make it hard when you had to leave. See, that kind of sucks. Well, I guess I guess that does kind of make sense now when you put it like that. Like, senior freshman, there is kind of like a, you were already thinking about college and where yep. you were going to go to, like, I don't know, a kegger is what college people did. <laughs> well, I, was well, I grew up in Europe, so I was drinking a lot really young but See, it was legal so we don't need how to did i know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah how did i know this it and was... me i'm just figuring out how to stay out of fucking summer school like two completely different goals two completely <laughs> different goals so i guess but i gotta say like you missed out on some great powerpuff girls so i know you said you watched a couple but when you're like watching it like powerpuff girls was the shit right and the reason why we were, we're talking about powerpuff girls right now is because apparently the CW is doing like a Riverdale kind of pussycat doll style reboot. Not pussy, is it pussycat, Josie and the Pussycats, like oh, kind of yeah. style, like reboot, like a dark and not like a dark, but an edgier, more adult reboot of the property. Whereas like the, the Powerpuff Girls obviously was about a group of little girls who were created. They're like in kindergarten or something like that. And they fight crime. And in the context of the show, you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, they're so cute. Like, they fight crime and they punch things really hard. They have laser. They're little super people. They're like they're like Superman, but three little girls. And when I tell you, like, the villains that they had, some of them range from, like, really wacky to just downright terrifying. Well, the, like, monkey, the-, the monkey's name is Domo Mojo. Is that right? <laughs> Mojo no. Jojo. Domo Mojo Jojo. Jojo Jojo. <laughs> You know, I, um, that was we were we were that was a that was certainly a guess. So, <laughs> just, 
<laughs> I mean, it was close, but it it's, it's just, it still sounded funny. Domo Mojo, like but Domo. But yeah, it was Mojo Jojo, and he will always Mojo say his Jojo, name. Okay. He will always say his name. Mojo Jojo. My name is Mojo Jojo. He will always refer to himself as Mojo Jojo. Okay. And so kind of racist when you think about it um but um <laughs> but basically you know it had him he was their arch nemesis and um I, I won't get into his whole backstory but they had other like villains like the uh the gang green gang which was literally just a gang of green people they were just green they looked like lizards but they weren't really lizards they were just green and so like they would just walk around and they would just do what gangs do and powerpuff girls show up beat them up whatever there was the amoeba boys which were literally giant single-celled organisms and they were just very incompetent. I mean, that they're, sounds, they, they all sound amazing. Like, literally. I mean, they're, they're great. Vil- don't tr- trust me. They're great villains. They are wacky in their own way. And every now and then they would do like a Sinister Six style team up to take out the Powerpuff Girls. There was the Rowdy Rough Boys, which Mojo Jojo got fed up and decided to create his own Powerpuff Girls, but boys. And he created them in the toilet. And they were just basically the Powerpuff Girls, but his boys called the Rowdy Rough Boys. <laughs> and, but... There was there was this one there was two villains that I think are like top tier. Like one of them was called Sedusa, which you can probably guess it's Medusa, but she's very seductive. Uh-huh, and okay. she her hair would move and shit. She was like kind of fine. She was very fine actually. And then <laughs> and then there was a uh him. There was just a villain called him who was thought to be the devil, may or may not have been the devil himself. Uh he and wow. now not only that, he was a gender fluid. It was, I was I should say they I, him because his name is him. But he was a gender fluid character. He 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 would he had tutus like he wore wait, makeup. Wait, wait, wait! I know that I know what this guy looks like. He yeah. the the character looks like the devil, but he, he looks wears like, like mm-hmm. a little ballerina thing. Yes, and he had and he had like crab claws, and he he yes. was all red. He him was scary as shit. And even the Powerpuff Girls were scared of this guy, like terrified. And when he spoke, he had like the kind of like you remember in the poltergeist when the little girl got trapped into the TV and then when she would speak, you would hear that echo, like that reverb whenever yes. she would speak. That was him, but it was Oh hey girls. Oh, how are you doing? It was so creepy. And oh my like God. Him was probably like the best villain next to Mojo Jojo. And then, you know, there was some other, like, monsters of the week and things like that. There was, like, a girl who was super rich who wanted to be a Powerpuff Girl, but they wouldn't let her because she was spoiled. So she became, like, a villain. And so she was, like, an evil, rich Batman version of the Powerpuff Girls. So it was a lot going on in the show. But now that I've done, like, kind of, like, refreshing you on my childhood, CW (laughs) is creating, like, a show where it picks up. It was a live-action series that picked up 20 years after uh, the events of the Powerpuff Girls. And the girls are, like, in their, like, early 20s. And they apparently resent the professor who created them and making them fight crime. So they're all kind of like fucked up. And so they, they basically return home and they're just kind of like, oh, the professor like forced forced us to not have a childhood. Like we're super damaged. And it just it, it just apparently was so terrible. The CW scrapped the pilot and decided to start over. <laughs> I saw your video. The stuff from the pilot looks Wow. Wow. Okay, so Bubbles is the cute one. She's played by Tara Strong, and Bubbles is the cute one. And she has like this little baby voice. She will always talk like this. And she was known as being, she was Bubbles, the bubbly one. In the script, for some reason, they they hint at her having a sex tape. What? And her, and her just like being like possibly just like very promiscuous. Her and Buttercup as well. Like Buttercup is like officially out as like, like bisexual, which is great for representation. But she's literally just having sex all over the place. Buttercup so, is literally like it's it's so bad. <laughs> let me just okay because I've actually when you were talking about Powerpuff Girls, I was also googling because I was like okay, and like him looks amazing. Like I'm genuinely mm-hmm. like I missed out as a child because when I was googling it, I was like okay, like I was a big fan of Samurai Jack and Dexter's Lab, and this is like reminding me of those shows. Yep. Um, but like power, the Powerpuff Girls seems like it was just like weirdly wonderful and already Mm -hmm. i'm thinking how the fuck is this going to translate to live action but then you bring in this like they're originally children and now they're sexualized adult (laughs) women what why (laughs) just 
I, I, that's the big question why like i understand like okay riverdale like okay you went dark with the thing or whatever it's another take what but it's yeah. the powerpuff girls these are like literal they were babies like for all intents and purposes they were toddlers who fought crime and that was the appeal of the show because not only were they fighting monsters and bad guys and the freaking devil there was always like a lesson to be learned for the girls because they're still children yeah they're still very much children. there was a whole episode where bubbles had a imaginary friend who was real and nobody believed her and so every time somebody got like their hair cut or sometimes like got a block thrown at their head they would go oh bubbles why did you do that and, and or it was the other little boy who had him and he was like it wasn't me it was the imaginary friend turned out it was actually a, a guy who was invisible who was fucking with children oh so my God. like but it was like a lesson of like oh yeah you know like be nice to the quiet kid because he might need friends or else he'll align himself with this evil invisible person or something so there was always <laughs> like like a like some type of lesson at the end of the day like you know there it, it was tons of it but now it's like oh yeah buttercup is literally there's literally a scene in the script where the the powerpuff girls are walking through their old childhood home and they just hear banging it from buttercup's room and blossom walks in and it's her and another girl just finishing and it's like what what i don't want to know this i mean <laughs> and see here's the thing with like adaptations like i feel like people were talking about this because netflix is also adapting avatar the last airbender right that's like a thing that's still yes. ongoing right mm -hmm. and i remember netflix originally talked about like wanting to age up the characters because again i have not actually seen this show yet i know i get told right. at least once a week that i need to watch it um, but I am aware of the fact that the main character, Aang, is, like, 11, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a kid. Uh, I think right. he might be 12 by the end of the series. Yeah, okay. I think he might be 12. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, like, I don't... I know that, like, everybody grows up. Like, that's... Mm -hmm. We all know that. But, right. like, it, it just... It feels weird to <laughs> make a character that's very cartoonized, stylized, and then... You bring them into live action, and the only way to do that is to make them, like, horny teenagers <laughs> or adults. Like, they just, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it's one thing to, like, make them adults. Like, I can, I can deal with, like, them being adults if it makes sense for, like... You know, for instance, if Aang, seeing Aang as an adult, I want to see that there's some semblance of him as as he was as a child like oh yeah, yeah that's totally ang but he's now like 20 or 30 years older that makes total sense he would be like that or whatever or you can like kind of like fill in the blanks and like say like oh yeah this is what happened to him and this is what led him to this point but don't just go from like oh they're children like legit in preschool to yeah they're mentally damaged because the crime fighting of their childhood uh turned them into very sexualized beings it's like yeah what what's is the that point saying also like i don't i don't know and, and it, i don't i don't know if you watched um it remind it reminds me a much worse version of i don't know if you ever watched the fairly odd parents yes if you were okay yeah were you aware of the uh the live action movie that they did with drake bell what no there was a, there was a live action movie with drake bell as timmy turner what? and <laughs> <laughs> and it, we can get into a whole thing about fairly because that whole thing just kind of ended on a weird note because i am so confused right now yes so basically drake bell was timmy turner and he still had cosmo and wanda like they were still his fairies and he was a fucking man like he was a full-grown <laughs> adult like his full-grown adult drake bell with the freaking pink shirt and the pink hat that he would always wear and uh apparently he just like always stayed a kid at heart so he was able to keep like Cosmo and Wanda and the whole point of the movie though was clever because the whole point of the movie was he never wanted to grow up and he had to grow up because you know if you grow up you lose your fairies and so the whole thing was about like Timmy eventually like, maturing as a person and basically like saying goodbye to Cosmo and Wanda so it was a very like clever tv movie angle at it like even like remember the girl that had a obsessive crush on him Tootie yeah the, the, she was she showed up and she was fine like she wasn't she basically was an adult and she showed up and she was just and she wasn't over sexualized but she was just kind of like hey timmy it's me and here fucking drake bell is in the pink hat and the pink shirt and then you have like fucking fine ass tootie over here played by uh i can't remember her name but she's on victorious and that was the whole point of like oh wow he wants to be with this girl but she's literally way more mature than him and he's like basically like this girl is pretty much what triggers his like kind of like oh i want to grow up now blah, blah, blah. so that was like the movie that was a thing and i am yeah. like my brain is 
exploding right now. I don't even <laughs> know. I'm like, you have screenshots of this. And this looks like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to use hyperbole. I don't want to say that my childhood is ruined looking at this, but <laughs> what? The, I, wow. Cannot unsee. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it needed to be. I don't think it needed to be made, but I watched it because I was a fan, and it was. I was just kind of like, "Wow, this did." The fact that they got Drake to do this—it's just crazy. I mean, it's crazy. And this is the thing about like cartoons being made into live action. Like, I just, I like again, I haven't seen this movie, but mm-hmm. um, sometimes I just feel like how like you choose animation as a medium for mm-hmm. a reason you know yeah that, and i that's feel the like why it's there like looking at power the powerpuff girls stills too like looking at the character him like that's an amazing uh visual and it sounds incredible and th- then you see people who have cosplayed and like m- like cosplay is so much fun that's awesome yeah. Yeah. but i just can't like i don't see how that's gonna work in live action you know like or why you would want to because it's again it's just like delightfully weird yeah um, and fairly our parents is insane tiktok is a place that taught me about the whole timmy turner is insidiously wish i was just gonna that bring that was, up yes it was like it was like a child for centuries or something. <laughs> like, apparently he was apparently he decided to do that for i think 50 years or something like that like i think oh it was like God. no 90 years i think it was like 90 years and he apparently Timmy for most of the show is an old man, and that fucked me up. That it's fucked insane. me up. Oh, like Timmy is a fucking monster. Like he's <laughs> a fucking monster. Everyone in his life is trapped in this like Groundhog Day, like eternal. Like. When I found that out, I literally like I, I had to put down my phone and just like like sit there and ponder. Like, the the rest of the show, just, like... Because, you know, a lot of the shows, it's, like, with cartoons, you don't really think of, like, time. You just think, yeah. like, oh, yeah, they're, they're kids forever because they're kids. And, you know, the show never ends. But they actually explain, like, oh, yeah, he's actually been a kid for fucking 50, 90 years. And here and, <laughs> and then he had the wherewithal to go, oh, yeah, well, I'll make Co- uh, Cosmo do it because he's dumb. And then I'll make him forget that he granted me the wish. It was the most <laughs> perfect foolproof, foolproof plan and oh my gosh, like yeah, that that really fucked me up. And then add into the fact that um add into the fact that um uh the movie was all about Timmy like not wanting to give up his youth. Timmy was a fucked up individual, like in general. So yeah, Timmy yeah, was a fucked up individual. So it, that whole yeah. So yeah, so Powerpuff Girls, <laughs> Tim, Powerpuff I Girls I mean, is I'm, ruining childhood similar. To I that. think it's I, so. I think you mentioned that uh, they're they're starting completely over again with the with the Powerpuff Girls. They like shot a pilot and it's so bad yeah. that they have to just start completely over again. Yeah, CW just said screw that, and now like you know, wow. I know CW is like they to me. I feel like CW is like the type of stu- like network that would just kind of green light anything, you know, yeah, like it, it, yes. and they'll keep things going longer than it's supposed to go because you know content. And I mean, Riverdale yep. is still on and Riverdale every time I don't watch Riverdale, but my wife did for a good while. And I would yeah. like always pop in and it was always like, what the fuck is going on? Walk it's, back out. Like, that <laughs> you show know, is bonkers. It's and crazy. I mean, again, like sometimes, yeah, sometimes that works. But the fact oof. CW saw this and said, yeah, no, <laughs> we got <Yeah. laughs> it. We got to cut mean, this. There's some adaptations that lean into the weird that really work. Like, I know you're also a fan of Scott Pilgrim. Like, that oh, adaptation yes. is so great. And it's, mm-hmm. it keeps with the weird. Yes. But I just feel like, I don't know, there's... I I am really wary of this aging aging characters up thing. Like, I feel yeah. like there's... If you're starting yeah. with a property that's already, like, dark... Um, and mature and you're adapting it and keeping like I feel like a lot of anime and like manga lends itself well to that Um, but like I don't know I just it's like it's like (laughs) like we mentioned My Little Ponies before we started um, recording today and it's like the the bronies thing with My Little Pony like I feel like you just get to a point where it's like is this a good (laughs) a place where we want to be like is this you know I mean I mean yeah I mean the brony thing I always used to laugh at it, like most people did. Like, oh yeah, you mm-hmm. like My Little Ponies, you're a brony, bro. But then, like, I started, I started, it started like coming into my life because I started seeing My Little Pony on like lists, like legit list of like greatest like animated moments of all time type lists. And yeah. it would be, I shit you not, I saw a list that was like, Aang takes on Fire Lord Ozai from Avatar: The Last Airbender, the final battle on My Little Pony. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is it that great? Well, it's, it's crazy to me because. 
I like I I haven't watched the new one, the one that that has the the brony fandom. Yeah. Um, but My Little Ponies was my shit when I was literally in kindergarten. Like I used yeah. to watch My Little Ponies and Power Rangers every day before school. Yeah. Like yeah. See, I feel like I feel like My Little. Once you put My Little Ponies and Power Rangers in the same thing, I'm like maybe I could have watched My Little Pony as well. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was watching fucking Powerpuff Girls, so like I, that makes total sense. Like Powerpuff, well, like yeah, that, like and it Power is Rangers great, is my like, shit. These this this is to be fair like I I don't want to I'm not I like I'm not trying to discourage or like try to seem like I I don't think this is good because I love that shows like Powerpuff Girls can be um that are can be widely accepted by everyone that it's not of like course. oh this is a very gendered thing um because when I was a kid I loved My Little Ponies Power Rangers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles those were like mm-hmm. ki- kindergarten those three shows the were my shit. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like you wouldn't <laughs> think that they would go in the same category, but you know, apparently, uh, apparently it works. So, hey, and that's, whatever works for kids, man. Just saying. That's great. I love that there can be, you know, media that's, that's not exclusively, you know, getting away from this whole like idea of everything needing to be gendered, inherently gendered is, right. is you know, is definitely an improvement. Right. But I, I mean, I, I saw think... your post. I saw your post with somebody who was talking to your talking to you about oh, your yeah. love about comics, and they were like, "Oh yeah, like you're not the demographic for comics and shit. Like you don't know anything about comics." And I'm like, "What do you mean? What the demographic is? Like the demographic <sighs> for comics is comic book fans." Yeah. I thought like it's not a man thing. It's not a woman thing. Like what are you what are you talking about, bro? I like, mean, so, it's, it's yeah. so funny when people really, they really want to make that the, the hill that they're going to die on. And I, I've had this conversation about Star Wars, too, where people are like, well, Star yeah. Wars was never for girls. And it's like, I what don't know. Type of sh- like, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's inaccurate. When, and I mean, truthfully, it's, it's funny because, like, products, obviously, all of these companies that make this media are trying to make mm-hmm. money. And yeah. products became inherently gendered when they started making toy aisles. That was literally right. like the turning point when right. they were like, okay, well, this is going to be in the girls' toy aisle. We've got the Barbies. Yep. And, you know, we're going to put this in the boys' toy aisle. And that was like the turning point where I was like, oh, well, this media must be for girls and must be for boys. Mm-hmm. Even though up until that point, it really wasn't that important or considered. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it was literally. Female Star Wars fans back in the day. Like, yeah. You think you about shows about? like from the the seventies too, like the Brady Bunch, and it's like so much of it was like uh, just meant to be the most appealing to the most amount of people as possible. Right. That's because that was especially the farther back you go. Now we've got rooms full of people doing market research, determining the hyper specific sub demographic mm-hmm. that is gonna be, is gonna appeal to mm-hmm. this and figuring out how to get them. But back then they didn't have that level of information, right. and right. a lot of it was just mass appeal. So, but again, I mean- it's just. I blame TV too. Like I blame, I blame like, like just like the film and TV media. Like every time, like there's a character who's like really into Star Wars, or whatever. It's always like that same like dude. It's a dude yep. with a lot yep. of acne, and mm-hmm. these aren't act, these aren't dolls. They're action figures, and it's like, oh, you play with your doll. These not dolls. And that kind of like further kind of like cemented like whenever a child would watch that, then they adopt that into their lives as well. Like, oh, yeah, you can't play with this. You're a girl. Like, play with your Barbies, like that type of shit. And but people forget, man, Andy played with Bo Peep and and Barbie. Like when he played with Woody and Buzz as well. Like he played with Jesse, too. So like that. I don't know why people just forget that 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 those there's there's representation in that as well so truthfully what is the difference between a gi joe and a barbie you know like it really isn't it's just muscles yeah there's really there's it's not a whole lot of difference when you really think about the purpose of the toy you know (laughs) like talk about another big piece of movie news because i feel like there are people who are listening who are gonna be like dude why aren't you talking about eternals eternals like eternals trailer came out bro i'm so (laughs) excited for eternals that trailer was so beautiful it was beautiful that there's no other way to put it It was beautiful it was cinematic it gave me that was the most cinematic mcu looking movie that i've seen like period like it was the most cinematic like without question we and we were talking about this too we were talking about this during the uh, academy awards episode about chloe zhao and if her like directorial eye will translate to the mcu it translates beautifully like yeah. beautifully i felt like i was watching like snippets from nomadland and then somebody would show up with super speed i'm like oh yeah this is a marvel movie <laughs> you know it, it was it's it, a lot it was a lot and i loved it it really 
it, it was it's visually stunning it feels even just the trailer like it feels yeah. emotional it feels like it's heavy you know yeah. like I, I when I spent too much time on Twitter after the trailer release and I already <laughs> see people complaining like oh like the color palette is so dull and like Jack oh Kirby oh Jack God. Kirby would be rolling over in his grave Jack Kirby would hate it like are you are they parrots like literally like what comic Shut books up. I love Shut comic up. books yeah but Golden Age and Silver Age comics especially the way that they were colored it was not because oh let's make it as technicolor as we possibly can it's because they had a right. limited color palette and they had yep. limited mediums like they didn't have the budget or the scope that they have now or the technological capabilities like right. some of them were choices they but tried to make the whole gray y'all the Hulk was supposed to be great. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't understand why people get so hung up on, like, ah, uh, it's just. I think that's a dumb just... thing to get hung up on. Like, period. I think, like, I think, like, the one, uh, the movie that did it best was, like, Thor Ragnarok. Kind of, like, adapting, like, all those, like, like yes. Jack Kirby, like, colors and everything into it. And it did it beautifully. Like, and it works for the tone of that film. And but the Guardians the, franchise. Same thing. Guardians. Guardians. Same thing. And, mm-hmm. the, and those, those are colorful characters. Like, yep. and it, Funny enough, you have the Hulk in there who's supposed to be great. But yeah. <laughs> like they're like colorful characters. Whereas like the Eternals, they're this is like this is an epic scale. And we and I've talked about this with you when it comes to like DC superhero. Like DC heroes are like all about scale. They're like yeah. they're gods. And so you have and the way like I feel like the Snyder Cut did something particularly well is that the way it was filmed it felt big, like the scale of it and the, like just like the production design and the, the shooting on location, it felt of scale. Now, yeah. the the Eternals has that same feel because we are dealing with essentially immortal gods. And so you need like these shots of like the landscape you need and you don't need color to show like the freaking like like lands of desert and shit like that. You don't need yeah colors to show like babylon or anything like you just need to illustrate the fact that these people have been around for such a long time they've seen a lot of shit they've seen many civilization civilizations come and go they've been a part of it and they're essentially just kind of like not necessarily bystanders because they're still kind of like affecting everything but they're like basically like watchers over everything and the fact that the that you thought like oh where are the colors shut like why why are you thinking about colors at well, this point? Are you fine? Also, like the cinematography reminds me a lot of like uh Blade Runner 2049. Like yes. it's the palettes are really intense just because mm-hmm. you're not putting contrasting colors right next to each other like you do mm-hmm. on a comic book can- panel panel you don't have 12 different technicolor neon blaring yeah. things in your face. You, there were still very deep and very rich color yes. palettes that were put in a very aesthetic i mean literally the cinematography is just gorgeous and it did there were several scenes that had very bright um beautiful like color palettes yeah but that karaoke scene looked really good that karaoke scene looked very good the scene with angelina jolie's uh scene where she's like uh those teal yeah Mm -hmm. that was very vivid and gorgeous like male nanjiani scene when he's uh in bollywood when he's dancing like there's there are scenes of that it's just i feel like people and and this is just kind of like what irks me about like comic book fans who are watching the movies and oh my god i i, I just got a flashback to uh to a uh, brie making her like like <laughs> i don't get why captain america is so good uh, i'm sorry i'll we could talk about that in a minute. but i just uh, it's just like comic book fans who love comic books who are like watching the movies like i just want to caution against like being overly critical about these movies not being exactly like the comics because i don't feel like they necessarily have to be because you're adapting it into a movie and with that comes with like the scale of a movie the uh the look of a movie the feel the cinematography the aesthetic like what aesthetic are you gonna do and yeah, yeah you can choose to do like the super colorful straight out of a comic panel thing but if every movie is doing that it makes it less special like that's yeah. why Into the Spider-Verse was so great because it felt like a comic book put onto the big screen. But imagine if we would have had super accurate movies just literally looking like that with the very contrasting colors and everything and then we got Spider-Verse. It would have felt like another film. Yeah. So so yeah, I I would I just want to say like I'm looking at my camera now. Comic book <laughs> fans Please, like comics and movies do not have to be 100% the same. It's an adaptation. Yes. It is different. Let them be different. Yes. Second it. The more you know. 
like Molino. people it's it's become popular now to to shit on the nolan trilogy because of this because <sighs> yes people say oh it's not at all you know it's not like the comics or whatever it's like no i mean and, and no. you know whether you love chris nolan whether you're neutral on him whether you hate him um mm-hmm. They they're not they're not you know perfect adaptations, but they right. are good films inspired by the Batman story. It's heat and, with Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. heat with Batman. Yes, <laughs> like. and that you know I, I we've had this conversation before. For me, I I it needs to be a good a good story, a good film first, a good mm-hmm. adaptation second. Like yes, yes. I this is why I still like the X-Men movies because mm-hmm. they're not they're not great adaptations. We only get a few not characters that are actually very well rounded out, mm-hmm. but they're great stories that are inspired by the comics that I love. Um, yeah. I don't mind the BDSM yeah. costumes. I don't mind yeah. the black BDSM leather. As long it as it's the a good story. It was the early 2000s. Like I don't know why people still harp on that. And that's the thing too about the MCU is like people want to like all over Twitter. Twitter when this came out, it was like, oh, the MCU always does this. I'm almost done with my MCU rewatch. The MCU. Mm-hmm is formulaic in the way they tell their stories, but the MCU doesn't always do anything. A lot of the movies are very different visually and stylistically. Uh And Uh I mean, there are lots of MCU movies that have a more bland color palette like Captain America First Avenger because it's set at a different time period. It's meant to be a different stylistic film. And then you've got Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy and Mm -hmm. and even like Captain Marvel is like a very brightly palleted film, you know? Yes. And see, the MCU... Is a bag of munchies. You ever had a bag of munchies? <laughs> you got, you got your favorites. You got it, but but it's a good mix. It's a good mix. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you got some Cheetos in there. I would say like Thor Ragnarok is the Cheeto. Mm-hmm. You got your Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which is like I don't the popcorn that you that you get in there. I guess. Uh, then you have your Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like your chocolate covered pretzels. Sometimes you know it's yeah. it's, it's 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 all in a bag. And one can say that they're homogenous. They're all that they're all in like this little like box here. But every time you pick out one, there's an individual thing that you can like about it, you know? Yep. And then you have Thor the Dark World, which is basically a regular pretzel, because regular pretzels are fucking gross. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I mm, I'm I, I don't mind Thor the Dark World, but Do you like pretzels? We, regular pretzels? Uh, I mean I think regular pretzels are okay. They're not as good as soft pretzels. Okay. But. Okay. But you think they're okay. I think they're disgusting. You, so I think I think that checks out. So, so to each their own. Okay, yeah. To, I'm not gonna to, force you to like somebody, pretzels. Somebody might love pretzels, you know. That's Just right. like people That's might right. love Thor the Dark World. You know? That's right. Some people throw away the Cheetos and eat the pretzels. So if yeah. you wanna throw away the Winter Soldier and watch <laughs> Thor the Dark World, I'm gonna look at you weird. Because why are you picking up the pretzel? Think, I think objectively the Winter Soldier is a better movie than, than Thor the Dark World. But to be honest, I'm really close on the two of them. Because I just think that the character oh, development God. is way better in Thor the Dark World. I think oh, that Loki, God. we're going to have to have a full conversation about it sometime. Because literally, there is a solid 45 minutes in Thor the Dark World where Loki and Thor just have pure gold between them. And that's, it's, I'm a huge Loki fan. So, that's but great. I'll just... That is literally <laughs> the only thing the movie has. The only thing. And but, I just... I, you're right. You're right. That is all the movie has. But to me, that's more important than than yeah. pretty much everything in, in Winter Soldier. But I know that... I know I'm in the minority. I know, I know, I know, I know no, you're... No, I'm not going to change your mind. And I'm not trying to change your mind. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that Captain America said, fuck you to the government. And he fought a goddamn Winter Soldier the fucking like yes i'm sorry i'm just sitting here replaying the words of Bree's video in my head when she said like oh it's just punch 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 jump out of window punch 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 i'm like he was literally trapped with 18 guys in an elevator had nowhere to go is amazing and jumped out this flawless and she described it as punch 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 jump out of an elevator (laughs) what are you talking about like okay okay, i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm just like uh, take some deep breaths it's all right we're gonna get through this together Okay. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm feeling right now. It's so bad. Okay. 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 Bring it down. I'm going to bring it down. Yeah. So Eternals is, is going to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> On that, I mean, I will say the thing that is my, my big thing about the Eternals. You know how I feel about Winter Soldier. I don't hate it. People are like, you hate that movie. Somebody literally <laughs> told me recently that my my reasons that they were telling me my reasons for disliking it um they were saying that my reasons for disliking it is because it wasn't black widow's movie and i was like no that's a point that i've made several times that i would have made it as her movie and i think it would have worked better Mm -hmm. but i don't criticize a movie 
based on what it could be. Like, right. I can have ideas on how they could have improved something. I, The Last Jedi, I would have made a totally different movie. Do yep. I still love The Last Jedi? Yes, absolutely. Yes, mm-hmm. I love it. If I were in charge, if, do I have ideas that I think could have been better? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah sometimes I think I've got good ideas. But I'm not going <laughs> to criticize The Last Jedi from an actual critical standpoint saying, well, it wasn't this movie that I made up in my head, so right. I don't like it. But I, I, I still like am going to have my ideas. But yeah, like, but I, I will say this. My, my neutrality on Captain America, the Winter Soldier, I'm very excited um, that the Eternals, it, I just, I, I feel it. It's going to blow every other Marvel movie out of the water. And I I'm going to have to, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stop being forced to have these conversations all the time <laughs> where people just refuse to acknowledge that any movie could be better than Captain America, Winter Soldier. I mean, I'm open to that. Like, I'm open. Like, I'm open. I honestly feel like Captain America, the Winter Soldier has legit competition in movies like Infinity War and movies like Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy is like solid competition. Thank you. You know, like there's there's plenty of movies that can give it competition. But if you say it's like not part of the top, I'm like, I want to know your reasons why. And if your reasons Mm -hmm. are punch, 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 then I'm not going to. I don't know. Like, I just can't. (laughs) I just can't have a conversation with you. I mean, I want to. I'm open to it. But yeah, you got to yeah. go further than punch, punch, punch for me. But with yeah. the Etern- with the Eternals, though, like, I remember watching it. And I just remember thinking to myself, this feels different. Like, this this feels different. It, it looks feels... way more meditative than yeah. any other Marvel movie that's been that that's happened. And the way, like, Chloe Zhao describes this, they describe she describes this movie as like a romance. And... Uh, I know, like, and, like, I, I, I love me a good romance. And it seems like we're going to yes. get the romance between Cersei and Icarus. But They were pushing the romance in the teaser. They, they were, were pushing really that. pushing it. They were really pushing it. But here's the thing, though. Like, I think Jon Snow is going to swoop say. in. I think Jon Snow is going to swoop in and steal Cersei from, uh, from Rob Stark because, like... I know, I know Black Knight and Cersei has like somewhat of a relationship in the comics. That's, I don't know much about the Eternals, but I know that much. And to see like, I don't know, it's something about uh, uh, Icarus in that trailer just kind of seems off to me. Like he seems very endearing, but he also seems very like, like our love is conditional in a way. I don't know why. He just gives off like conditional love energy. I mean, I think from what, from what I've read about the Eternals, I just, I get like Icarus is typically like more i think he's got a sense of more sense of duty than a lot mm-hmm. of the other ones and i get that that like i my first allegiance is to like my morality kind of thing you mm-hmm. know that you get mm-hmm. sometimes um but what i am frustrated by uh is so they were really really harping on the uh romance in the trailer which i mean i'm i'm a i'm a fan Right. Uh, but this is the movie that we're allegedly getting the quote unquote first queer character in the MCU. And this is <laughs> yeah. the, this is the, this is a, a, a record number of first queer characters for Disney because we keep getting <laughs> first representation that just shows up. Uh, oh, there's yeah. a character in Star Wars where two women kiss in the background for in five seconds. In the background, in the background. There's a, oh, Joe it's Russo first, oh. says the word boyfriend. Like, <laughs> It's, John LeFou in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it's gay coded until he stares longingly at someone else for five yes. seconds. Let's get it and, banned in the Middle East. Exactly, and we're <laughs> we're actually supposed to have uh, queer representation in the Eternals. That's what we've mm-hmm. been promised. Yep. But from the trailer, uh, especially with the amount of romance that they, you know, they put on to, to Cersei and Icarus right. it just there's there's no mention and I get that Cersei and Icarus are like the main you know probably the, the main leads of the film mm-hmm. but it's just it, uh, it's just they're like okay in the peripheral they're like yeah they're the, they, you're saying you're saying like oh yeah there's gonna be like LGBT represent representation but to the side not main just to the yeah. side we're just letting you know that they're there yeah and it's like and the- oh great another sidekick that <laughs> and know. to not even like if they're gonna put that much like you know heads together uh like beautiful romance in the trailer they're to not even have like a quick scene of of what is supposed to be yeah. the the first gay gay relationship on in the mcu yeah. in the in the teaser just felt a little bit like i mean but I, i've been I, all of us, we've been waiting for this for so long, and it's yeah. like, I feel like I, I'm definitely on the page where I'll believe it when I see it kind of situation right. with Marvel, because they right. just, they they make promises, and then they don't 
they don't keep. And I shouldn't say Marvel. It's really it's Disney. It's Disney and the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but yeah, it's, it's very performative at this. It's very performative at this point, and it's. I don't, I don't I don't know if I'm qualified to say much on the matter because like I don't know which characters in Eternals are uh, part of the LGBT community. The only ones that I know for sure is that uh what's his name? Well, what's their name? Because I believe they just revealed this character to be to be gender fluid was a uh, Sprite, the one that's eternally trapped in the, a the child's child. body. Yeah, yeah. So I think they just revealed that that character is gender fluid, like in the comics, and now I think they're going that route in the in the movie as well. But yeah. I'm hoping, like, I'm hoping, and I hope it's not, like, one of those things. I remember a Jewish comic book uh, creator on TikTok was talking about how there's a trend where all the uh, Jewish, predominantly Jewish characters are, like, either anti-hero or villain. And it's kind of, like, weird for representation. So, like, Sprite, I was, I kind of did, like, a little bit of reading on this character. Apparently, they're, like, they kind of, like, want to get revenge for being trapped on the eternal so he might be being set up as like a secret villain for the movie and so sprite is an sprite is a conflicted character for sure mm -hmm. like i yeah there could definitely be some um some antagonized antagonistic forces coming from that character right fastos is the openly gay character in the eternal his his name is fastos fastos Fastos? and he's the the, the actor's name is um i'm gonna have to google it because his uh, actor's name is Brian Tyree. Brian Henry. Tyree Henry. Oh, I love yeah. Brian Tyree Henry. He's the inventor, yeah. right? Like the tech person thingy. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to Google all this. <laughs> it's very like literally the Eternals. I, I, I'm not like the most well versed in the Eternals, and mainly what I have read is, I mean, I, I need to reread it actually. Is the Neil Gaiman one? But even that one, the Neil Gaiman run on Eternals mm-hmm. is like a shakeup because right. it was almost like an origin story that didn't really tie into the previous stories. So right. I'm gonna have to give that a read for sure it's before this. It's so good. I yeah. highly recommend it. It's so good. Okay. Well, shoot, I'm, I'm a big fan of Brian Tyree Henry, and I'm so happy that he's in the MCU. You know, he played a uh, he played a uh, Miles's uh, dad um, in um, Into the Spider Verse. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was that was him, and that made I me love so him. happy. I love that was such a good performance. I so I just watched um, Spider Man Homecoming again. I have mm-hmm. to in my MC rewatch. I need to I need to talk about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. I I know that that it's not a bad movie, but like literally, I just. I can't comparing it to Into the Spider Verse. It's just there's no comparison. You can't compare I just... it. No, I mean, I mean, <sighs> I've already said that Homecoming is probably the most rewatchable of like all the Spider Man movies. Like it's like up there. Rewatchability is up there with Into the Spider Verse. I say it's number two in rewatchability, but Homecoming just it just doesn't really do it for me like a lot. Like you know, like in terms I actually of like prefer Spi- Far From Home. Yeah, I, no, I, same, same. Yeah. Like, Into Homecoming feels like an episode of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man on Disney XD. Yeah. It, it just feels like that. There's The stakes are extremely low. And I, they're I so like a good, low. I like a they're good so low, low stakes movie. But when they're so low to the point of, like, why should I care? You know, like that because it never the, even like literally when like Peter's big and I mean, I have to make so many videos about this for my page, but <laughs> like Peter's big, like emotional conflict is basically the equivalent of like being superhero grounded. Like yes. his it's not yes. like like it doesn't feel like anybody's lives are in danger. It's like no. literally like his surrogate daddy Tony, which is also like a whole thing. <laughs> but is like, no, you messed up, you were a bad boy, and now I'm taking, taking your, toys your toys away. Toys. Taking your I like toys. it it's just it's and I, I've I, this has been my biggest thing in watching the rewatching the MCU movies is like when you're watching them for the first time in theater, no matter like even the bad ones, it's exciting have a good time. going yeah, to the theater. You're have a good yeah, time. it's it's and it's it's been interesting like rewatching them all consecutively because I feel like the the dividing line for me into what makes a great MCU movie is like the amount of heart that it has. Because mm-hmm. I watched Black Panther again last night, and I was like, holy fucking shit! Yeah, this movie has so much heart. And even if you want to like, I know that like the final scene and like the CGI gets a little bit much, but mm-hmm. like, it's. Terrible. it's it's just the whole film is so grounded in your very real emotions and it's yes. just it's heart-wrenching yeah and that like that's all it that's all you need like it's so good but with eternals i really do feel like there is no way that this movie is not going to have that level of heart like yeah no especially absolutely. after just watching nomadland like and seeing 
like that this movie thematically feels very similar because like the whole the whole struggle of Nomadland of like like identity and finding your place in the world and like the meaning of life feels very similar (laughs) to what we're talking about with Eternals and I just I trust that Chloe Zhao is going to make it just like I think so because like just seeing like the scenes where like they land on this like civilization and like you know there's a there's just this quick little scene of like Icarus and Cersei kind of like looking over the world and she just goes it's beautiful isn't it and it's like it's like it's just and then you see these scenes of like them trying to like legit help humanity like giving them water like giving them yeah. weapons it's just this whole kind of like connection to humanity which i feel is something that is going to be the first mcu film that will kind of like bring us closer is like people because you yeah. literally have these gods who are like legit saying like we want to like reach out our hands to help you like progress by as a as like a species i find that and i feel like making that like a mortals human in that sense is what's going to separate from the rest of the mcu because the rest of the mcu is kind of like it is as much hard as they have like the characters in the mcu are like very kind of hard to relate to like tony stark is hard to relate to super billionaire thor is a fucking god like captain america literally got flung through time and like whatever there's hardly any relatable characters outside of like killmonger Tom, uh, uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker because you know who hasn't been in his shoes before but it's just I feel like Eternals is definitely going to have that amount of heart that you're talking about in spades yeah. so yeah. so yeah it's, it's definitely going to be a banger and versus like Homecoming which like you said the stakes were just very very low like just, I didn't I again, didn't connect. you know I it's like okay like it's if it's going to be just like a you know a high school movie but even even the amazing spider-man movies it just mm-hmm. it it was a lot more emotionally weighty some yeah, would say no, it was too emotionally weighty yeah but you know like but it just yeah it was re-watching it i was just like surprised because yeah. i i remember really liking these movies but it was just really hard i think also like that that is a whole different category and like determining whether a film is good is whether you like it initially and whether yeah. you like it as much on rewatch because mm-hmm. rewatchability sh- is super huge for me yeah for sure. yeah if if you don't have that you know what's going to happen drive yeah. of watching the movie um yeah. and the just the enthusiasm for something new then you might yeah. it might not hold up as much you know last thing i'm gonna say because i know we gotta we gotta go but yeah like the best way to like talk about like because a lot of people don't know what emotional like weight means they they go like oh yeah the emotion like he was going through stuff like people will say oh his emotional weight was like he wanted to go out with liz and he was messing that up that's me that's stupid um it's it's, it's, it's small potatoes <laughs> compared to like peter parker literally as a result of him being spider-man he lost the woman he loved. He lost his best friend. His aunt May was mm-hmm. losing her house. He couldn't get it back. He lost his job twice. Like he was in the, had a shitty job, had a shitty apartment. Yep. And his mentor fucking went crazy and tried to destroy New York. You're dealing with all of that on top of the mentor trying to destroy New York. Yes. That that right there. Like and then also like Spider Man one. Green Goblin finds out a secret identity. Goes for his aunt May. Almost kills yes. Mary Jane off the top. Like emotional weight like and like liz was I mean, never Spider-verse, in danger i literally i kept like watching uh homecoming i just kept i i don't mean to intentionally compare it but like seeing how upset peter gets and i was just like yeah i mean like you're upset like tony's being a dick sure but like essentially it literally just feels like he's getting grounded and then i think about spider-verse when he he has he's trying to figure out if he's even worthy of these powers. Mm -hmm. Then he finds out his uncle is the Prowler. Then his uncle dies in his arms. And then he's sitting there knowing that his friends are going to sacrifice themselves or Peter B. Parker is going to sacrifice Mm -hmm. himself to save something when he should be able to do it. And his dad knocks on the door trying to connect with him. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, those are fucking emotional stakes, man. Not (laughs) not to mention at the very beginning, like he could have helped the first Spider-Man and his inactiveness is what got him killed killed in the first place you can argue mm-hmm. that it wasn't his fault but he did have a chance and he knows and that's the reason why he kept his promise because he says he's not going to watch another spider-man die he's carrying yes. all that weight that will help him rise to become another hero homecoming yep. not only is he going to get grounded by tony stark but he legit says if aunt may finds out what i'm doing she won't let me do this anymore not that she'll yeah. be in danger she won't yeah. let him do this anymore yeah. and it, it, fuck off um so <laughs> Like and Tom Holland is a good casting pick, and the movie is fun. Right. I will like. I'm not. I get it. Not every movie needs to be, you know. But I'm just saying. Yeah. People. People are asking when, when people ask what your opinions are about these things. Yeah. These are our opinions, and it's like I'm not saying you shouldn't like the movie or that. You I know, like I it. Like, 
I we like John Hughes. Exactly. Yeah. Like the Breakfast Club doesn't have crazy, you know, like no one's gonna die. Yeah. And you can still enjoy it. But I'm just, you know, these are these are conversations that are just natural thought processes these when are you're preferences. thinking about this stuff. It's just yeah. our preference. It's just our preferences. It's just what we would rather have had to happen in the movie. That doesn't mean we don't like it. It did. It exactly. does what it does very well. And again, yes. it's super rewatchable. And I will rewatch it nine times out of ten. Yes. Ten times out of ten, actually. It's just when you ask me. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, yep. <laughs> nothing matters in that movie. Nothing absolutely matters. <laughs> Literally if, nothing. Honestly, if Vulture would have gotten away, I would have been fine. He would have got the yeah. money. Like the Avengers would have tracked down the weapon, similar to what they did in Age of Ultron. Anyway, like everything would have been fine. It never even seemed like Vulture was trying to kill Peter. Like he literally never. was like, he's just like swatting him away as he's trying to steal the stuff. Like he literally said, "Bro, like let me do my thing." You go go to the dance with my daughter. Like you can go yeah. to the dance. He said you could go to the dance with my daughter while I do this stupid while I do this like yep. fucked up thing. And yep. everything will be cool, bro. Like everything yeah. will be cool. Yep. And so it's when the villain is literally telling you, like, bro, it's fine. Like <laughs> don't, stop don't the car. Stress. It's all good. Let me have a dad talk with you. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's gonna be cool. Like but okay, I think that's the episode right there. I think I think we yeah, need... no, I think there's a lot of exciting movie news. There's so much more to come, but um, there's so much yeah, there's like some exciting stuff happening, and it's nice just to just to talk about the things we're excited about sometimes, and that are now are valid criticisms of things that we still enjoy. Right. Yeah, but yeah. we have criticisms of guys even when we disagree even when we disagree exactly you're you're a winter soldier guy i i'm not i'm please don't call me a thor the dark world girl but i you know <laughs> i I'll, I'll defend it when it needs it <laughs> i won't trust, trust me. Like, if you were if you were i would still love you if you were i would still it's okay That's good to know i appreciate yeah. that i appreciate it guys this is how we have constructive conversations and like disagree to agree to disagree people don't exactly. know how to do that anymore like the, exactly the, the podcast didn't end like like, I, I don't agree, but we're not. I'm not going to not Well, talk to actually, I do need to tell you now that this is the end of our friendship, and I can no longer. We just. You know, how could we continue to talk when we have occasional <laughs> slight variances of opinions, Julian? What? You know, you know what? You're joking, but I might end my friendship with Brie after that, Captain America. <laughs> like, we're in the middle of us saying that. I'm really considering it. We need She's to get gonna her on. She's going to have to write you a handwritten letter to, to apologize. Send it. <laughs> send it to me because i want to see this shit all right all right all right guys thank you so much for joining we will see you next week with shit whatever comes up (laughs) (laughs) yeah have a good week guys have a good week bye